Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Perceptive Podcast here on Game Wisdom, where he's in the art and science of games. I am, of course, Josh Blaser, and we have another great cast discussing game design and an upcoming title. For today's cast, we're going to be talking to the lead designer of a game that, by the time you are listening to this cast, should be on Kickstarter. This is a mobile, Switch, and PC action RPG style game. It's called Bound by Blades. And we're going to talk about the design as well as kind of what's going on with the title now. So please welcome to the podcast the lead designer on the game, Justin Thompson. Hello, and thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to have you on, Justin. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? I am doing fine. We're in, I guess, fall summer right now here on the East Coast, where it's still incredibly hot. I'm waiting for, you know, the actual fall weather to get here. Yep, that's that's how it is. I'm in California, so it's between cold days and hot days. Oh, good. Give me the cold any day of the week. That's uh, where I sit. (laughs) But agree with that. We certainly have a lot to talk about, and Justin and I were just having a pre-stream chat, and for those of you listening to this right now, there's a good chance we'll be doing a second cast probably in a few weeks from when this one goes up, so definitely stay tuned for that. But, like I said, it is definitely a pleasure to have you on. As we said, your game, Bound by Blades, will be going on Kickstarter very shortly from our time of this recording. So... Uh, to begin with, since this is your first time on the cast, could you talk a little bit about who you are, kind of your background, and also for the people listening, what is Bound by Blades? Definitely. I am Justin Thompson, otherwise known online as Zeth. Mm-hmm. I am developing Bound by Blades as a mobile game, PC, and Switch for the reasoning of bringing a mobile game to a higher quality from what you see in most mobile games as well as putting a lot of effort into PC and Switch through controller, keyboard, mouse, all the configurations. And for my background, I worked in mobile games for seven years beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I started back in what was known as uh, TikTok games. Mm -hmm. I worked in games like uh, Adventures of Pip, which had a Kickstarter several years ago. This, we worked on some good games, and then we worked on mobile games such as uh, Panda Pop, and our mobile games went huge, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where our studio went straight into mobile games only. Yeah. And so I worked from uh, QA starting there, became a level designer, a game designer, and then at, by the end, I was a director. So I was working through a whole bunch of different games, but most of them at the end were just uh, bubble shooters, which... The main purpose were monetization and awful tactics that I want to bring something better to the mobile studio, mm-hmm. to the mobile games. Yeah, and like I was just saying, like when it comes to discussing kind of the state of mobile games in the mobile market, that is both a fascinating slash, I think, depressing chat for a lot of developers these days. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, and uh, you're definitely not the first developer I've had on who wanted to kind of try and bridge that gap between the mobile and PC market. And we have seen several games make that leap either from mobile to PC or PC to mobile. And it's always been, I think, kind of a uh, uphill battle for these games. Like, Would you agree with that? 
Uh, yes, in, in a pretty good way. There are limitations from yeah. whichever platform you choose. So if you originally designed for mobile, like we have, uh, with the four-corner combat, you do get some feedback that's um, a little negative. It's like, oh, this feels a little bit like a mobile game. Mm-hmm. But the majority, as long as you put the effort in, you can make it feel where players don't even mention that or think about that. Mm-hmm. So I think we've had two or three out of about 50 to 100 testers who have actually been like, oh, this feels like a mobile game. Mm-hmm. And so they had like negative feedback, but the majority don't mention that at all. Yeah. So I think while it is an uphill battle in terms of design, you can bridge it pretty well as long as you put in the effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, like you were just saying, Justin, like when we have that transition from these two different platforms, it can be very tricky when you're trying to design these games. Um, I, uh, for those of you listening to this cast right now, I did a stream where I played just like the demo. Like, I think it was just like three or six levels of Bound by Blades. Right. And just like from my standpoint of playing so many games, like the second I saw the word tap appear on the screen, I was like, this feel this I think could be designed for mobile, but with that said though, and this will lead into kind of our design discussion later on this cast, I could sort of see some like the elevated takes that you guys were trying to bring or what you're hoping to bring with the game and with the Kickstarter. Right, we have a lot of different concepts that we bring, mm-hmm. such as the uh, four corner co- combat system. This was originally designed for the mobile screen, so you could have a comfortable feel Mm -hmm. of holding the mobile device uh, landscape and being able to tap the corners as your movement abilities and just tap in the center for the boss attacks. Mm -hmm. This brings, this limits the uh, gameplay of mobile to a lot simpler, but you also have in-depth for the combat system. So while you only have essentially like four buttons, which are actually infused inside the game, Mm-hmm. As like the standpoints your character runs to, yeah. you can also tap to dodge, mm-hmm. hold to block, and then tap to run to a different corner. You have strong attacks, quick attacks, and uh, combo finishers. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of depth within like a a simplified control system. Yeah, and that I think is a very tricky point, not just for mobile games, but just for any game in general where you're trying to have, on one hand, the game be deep, but for a lot of people, they will conflate depth with complexity. And you don't want a game, no matter what the platform you're trying to aim for, to be difficult or complicated just to figure out how to play it. Right, definitely. You have to be able to keep it simplified for controls. Mm -hmm. So while it has like all the depth behind it, the whole concept, there's only tapping and holding. For mm-hmm. the uh, mobile device. For a controller, of course, you have the different buttons. But for mobile, it's as simple as we can make it. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I did like about the game, and as you were saying with trying to add in like the depth elsewhere, was I did play the first of the three, I guess, challenge maps, or the EX difficulty oh, yes. ones. And... It definitely gets hard. Like I, I, I think I did die or had to use one of my revives on that first fight, and I started to again see like where you start to get like the depth of moving around, like having to time moving around the four points at the same time you can dodge while moving around. And it got to this point where the guy was doing like that. I think it was like a, just like this like laser. I was like a t- uh, oh, yeah. jump rope laser. I was trying to like dance around and avoid. <laughs> yep. 
We definitely, so one of the biggest things for us is that it's actually an interesting demo because the demo does not touch on a lot of the core features that we're aiming for. Mm -hmm. It was more of a proof of concept demo. Yeah. So the main design was uh, we want to add online co-op for two players. We want to add an end game dungeon system, which is going to be like Slay the Spire maps Mm. along with a... Diablo 3 Greater Rift style for increased difficulty levels. Mm-hmm. So the demo and the most part of the story will be like a light prologue, which will introduce you to the game, get you comfortable. And then you jump into this like crazy, <laughs> more complex five bosses in a row. You get like little paths and stuff to choose from. So it gets into like a lot of depth it gives you a lot of replayability Mm -hmm. customization so it opens up like all of these windows so it's it has a lot behind it yeah and i i just love the idea that you mentioned uh slay the spire and diablo 3 and i'm sure a few people listening to this right now probably like some cognitive dissonance wait we're talking about mobile game but we have slay the spire and diablo and even like from when i played the demo i could see like little bits of something like monster hunter with the very much of the fact that as you said there is a customization aspect of crafting new gear upgrading it and kind of having your quote-unquote build for your character oh yeah so monster hunter was the original uh, concept behind the game it was like um what I did when I first designed it was like, I want, I want to play Monster Hunter on mobile. Like we were working on mobile games back mm-hmm. at TikTok and I was like, well, why can't I have a good mobile game? Why, like mm-hmm. I look online, I look on the games. It's like, is there anything good? There's like action RPGs. And then it's like, oh, they just play themselves or they're free to play and you pay for everything. Mm-hmm. But it's like, there's no good Monster Hunter game. So I was like, how do I do that? So that's where the four corner concept came in. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's for the combat system. It brings it to make it easier on mobile. And then all of the core uh, loop of Monster Hunter, mm-hmm. you kill a boss, harvest, you go to the farm, the dreamland area where you can m- get materials. You craft with new armor weapons built from the boss's parts. Mm-hmm. And then you go fight the next big boss. So it has a whole bunch of uh, inspiration from the monster hunter series too yeah and again like for the people listening like we have spoken at length about the arpg gameplay loop of fight monsters get loot grow more powerful fight more monsters and it is a very effective loop as people who've watched me play like several hundred hours of diablo and grim dawn can attest to (laughs) yep it's it's something i love it's like Mm -hmm. um it's truly what inspires me to like work on games. It's like, what do I want to work on? It yep. was always a online co-op action RPG. Like Bound by Blades is such a, it became such a weird, interesting concept behind it. But it, it's, it's perfect to me. Yeah. And I know we're going to be setting up to doing a podcast about the mobile siding, so I'm trying to resist asking those questions because they'll, you know, we'll be here all night long very easily to talk about this. But yeah, again, like uh, this may be repeated when we have our next cast, but like as you're describing things, Justin, with having this quote unquote like elevated take on mobile design, like. This has been, I think, one of those white whales that a lot of developers have been chasing over this past decade. And like we were saying a few minutes ago, it has been a constantly uphill battle because of the very much of the fact that 
you have an audience who's been playing, you know, clones, cash grabs, heavily heavily monetized, sorry, titles. And it's very hard to convince them to either play something with a little bit more depth or have that initial price wall, whether it's, you know, two ninety nine, four ninety nine, or even Nintendo tried something with I think Super Mario Run being like ten dollars when it was first released. So it's actually ironically, it's actually the the best we've had. Mm-hmm. Is um so we, we post on different Reddit forums and stuff, and the largest the best positive feedback was from both Android Reddit and iOS Reddit. Mm-hmm. They they love the whole concept of it. Um, not only the gameplay concept, but the premium purchase. The players are begging for it. Like it's it's mm. horrible what the mobile industry is for them. Like every single time I post, it's like we'll have no in-app purchases, single mm-hmm. purchase only, and everybody mm. it, it it boosts huge. Like every time we post, we get like a hundred or more Discord people join. It's it's massive for us. Like it's bigger than anywhere else we post talk about the game. It's people really want it. And for the players, like uh, we have a survey for them. Mm-hmm. Mobile players love the game. Um, most of our ratings are either nine or tens from them. So it, mm. there's a lot of interest for us. So I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. And, that like that in of itself could be its own like mini discussion as well about the idea of a quote unquote premium game. Because normally when people talk and you hear a lot of quote-unquote experts talk about like the state of mobile and monetization, they go for the opposite. You know, make the game free and then just, you know, hit the player over the head with monetized elements, loot boxes, pay to win, pay to wait, any other pay examples Uh. you can think of. And yeah, like again, like this has been one of the things I know a lot of people who are very much committed or want to see mobile grow have been wanting to do and that is have the idea of a premium game and have it be something that people want to play and want to support absolutely it's not it's not so much that there aren't there isn't an audience it just mm-hmm. is the comparison of free to play makes more money yep and if your goal is money that's where you want to go my goal is not money i I've worked in so many bad games. This is a game I am just giving back to the mm-hmm. audience that we've worked on so many awful games for. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have to prove that there people want this. Like, that's that's what I believe. Even if it's like, I, I truly believe that if we went free to play or added in-game monetization, loot box, any of that stuff, make way more money. But that's mm-hmm. just not what we want. Yeah. Um, I have a contact, uh, Ramin Shokuzad, who is like heavy into like mon- talking about monetization and microtransactions. Like, I should have him come on. We'll be here for like probably like ten days. We'll just be it'll just be like a never ending podcast of discussions <laughs> about mobile design. And I'm sure like the people listening to us right now, they would love it. Like, they don't care if we collapse at our keyboards or our voices die. They'll just be there to hear us talk. <laughs> I mean, I I love discussing it because yeah. I, I really do want to see the industry change and the better. Like anytime I see any posts like against loot boxes or mm-hmm. how mobile is, it's like I always try to chime in. It's like I really want the industry to change because I don't think mobile is a bad platform. Mm-hmm. I think it's just unloved. 
it's just shown, oh, this is where you make money. And that's what they do. Yeah. And, like, I know, like, even for, like, my audience, even some of my, like, first preconceptions was that very same thing, that mobile is just kind of, like, where games go to die, or it's the bargain bin, or things like that. And, like, talking to more developers, especially seeing more games being ported uh, either way, PC to mobile or mobile to PC, like, there is there is definitely a market, I'm, as you said, for like kind of like a higher quality mobile game. Absolutely, there really is. Like um, all of the great indie games, like Starbound. Um, oh, there's so many yes. of them. There's there, but you'll see in like the top paid charts, it's all like indie games that are like the very top. There's mm-hmm. not even like um, the AAA aren't really as much on there like all the popular indie games have ports and they're the ones that are taking up the top so there's definitely the market mm-hmm. and i mean if they want to go free to play sure they make more but that's it's like uh it's mm-hmm. what their original game is it's like they don't have to yeah it's just a choice and correct me if i'm wrong has slay the spire been ported to mobile yet or i thought i heard something about that a while ago i don't think it has yet. I haven't seen anything official for it. I think it just hit Switch a few months ago, okay. and that's the latest they've done. I'm sure they're going to do it, though. I think they've mentioned it, okay. and they're they're definitely probably in the works for it. Yeah. And I know Dead Cells, like that very challenging action roguelike, I think that made the move to mobile and iOS, too. Yep. That one, I'm pretty sure, has already made it. I'm yeah. not sure. I think they started a beta or something for it recently. Mm-hmm. And again, like, <laughs> there's just so much I'm resisting the urge to bring up because <laughs> we'll know. be here, like, who knows? Like, uh, like you said earlier, you're on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. Like, we'll probably be like, who knows what time we'll be wrapping this up. <laughs> but yeah, and but like, I want to like, focus on the control scheme for a second because again, this definitely leads back to Bound by Blades. That, like, for myself, like, I've always had trouble with the touch interface just because I have a small screen phone and very big fingers. So that's always been something that's kept me from playing a lot of action-based games where it's kind of like I push down on a button and my big finger hits like three different buttons on the screen. And it's very difficult, I feel, like for people to... Again, like, I am old-school gamer. I've been playing... I've been having a controller in my hand since the age of three. So, like, the whole touch interface thing is so... is, like, that weird and strange thing for me. But I want to ask you, like, with regards to kind of fine-tuning the UI for Bound by Blades, like, as you said earlier, that you had this... you had this vision from the beginning of the four points of the four positions. I guess, how did the control scheme for the game come about, like... What goes into, I guess, mobile playtesting or mobile UI design like along these lines? Hmm. That one's actually a tough question, a good question. <laughs> so for me, it was because we'd play, uh, I think at the time we were porting Adventures of Pip, or there were some other ports we were working on. And the thing I hated in mobile is on-screen buttons, mm-hmm. like digital buttons, virtual buttons, anything like that. Like, you see action RPGs, you see, like, a digital virtual joystick on the left, and on the right, you have, like, 10 buttons to press, <laughs> and they're all tiny, and they're... Yes. It's like, how do I do this? It's like, I, I was like, no, just no. I'm not I'm not doing that. I hate this. It's like, oh, I pressed the wrong button again. So, for me, it's like, all right, no virtual buttons. Like, um, we, we don't have any. We have, like, the pause button and the portrait, and that's kind of the only buttons we have. 
the four corners are literally these huge standpoints. They're the corner of your screen. Mm-hmm. And you can tap basically the whole side of that screen and you'll run over to that corner. You have like the four the four whole points. So it's like a massive, basically a massive input button. And the center is the boss. You have a big screen for that. You tap on him. Mm-hmm. So it gives you a lot of area to press. So it doesn't struggle with either the virtual button issue where you'll accidentally press the wrong thing or the um, gestures, which is another issue with a lot of mobile games. Mm-hmm. It's like the crazy, oh, do oh, the swipe. Yes. It's like, I tried one. I was like, what is this? I can't play this. It's like, I can play games really well. I cannot play this. It's like, what is this? Yeah, like for me, like the whole zoom in and out, you know, like you squeeze or you pinch. Like for the life of me, my fingers just don't work that way with game. Like it always like ends up being awkward. Yeah, exactly. And then there's like the swiping where you have to swipe in different ways. Mm. So it's like I, I really focus it down to just touching and and holding for the all the buttons in the entire game. It's a very simplified, but I put all the depth behind it. Mm. So you have timing and uh, knowing which actions you want to press rather than struggling with the controls themselves. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, right there is a very fascinating part of Bound by Blaze. And it's probably something for, like, people who are, like, looking at footage. Like, it may be hard for them to grasp. But like you said, like, from when I played it, there is a lot that's going on when you're in a battle with these bosses. Like, doing, as you said, like, proper timing for doing combo attacks, the charge. And even just, like, this is the part that I really wanted to touch on. The whole defensive side of things because usually when i play or when i've seen like action or rpg style games on mobile it's very basic you know emmy always hits you when they do an attack it just becomes Mm -hmm. pure you know stat versus stats or you know the endless grinding of gear but with bound by blades there's a lot more that goes into kind of the defensive side of things and i wanted to ask you about this like in terms of setting up, like, what you want the player to do during combat? Like, how did that come about during the design? It's an absolute uh, monster hunter in that mm-hmm. term. Like, um, we took how the monsters attack. Usually in co-op, you have the monsters attack different players. Mm-hmm. So for the demo and for now, we have it just have a little bit more delay in between their attacks or long breaks between their stronger attacks. Mm-hmm. But it's very much you have to prepare for the attacks. Like um, one of the heaviest things we do, we have a lot of feedback. We tweaked a lot, and we're trying to touch it down. But the uh, the animation speeds, mm-hmm. it's it feels a little bit slow for some players. But it's all on purpose because it gives you weight. It's weighted animations. Mm-hmm. It's very much the Monster Hunter series Terra. It gives you, it makes you make the strategic choice. Do I want to go for that charge attack now? Can I get mm-hmm. that off without being hit? So it gives you a lot more depth and choice of options rather than just spam your attacks. Oh, you took a hit, just spam your yes. health potion, that kind of stuff. So it gives you way more feel of actual fighting. Like it really brings like the Monster Hunter series to me in which like a different combat system but keeping the core aspects of you got this big boss you're fighting you better not get hit yeah and like with the ex version i think the the first fight was the scarecrow style enemy Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden like he shoots the fireball like okay i'm over there it's not gonna hit me and all (laughs) of a sudden it splits out he shot two of them so it just covers all four i'm like "Uh oh (laughs) it's like 
oh wait, I may actually need to dodge this time here. <laughs> and yeah, it's like getting like the feel of combat, like in, or just like the feel of gameplay in any title is a feat in of itself. In terms of like I guess like balancing and fine tuning, were there like any different iterations in terms of the combat? Like was there a version of this game that you didn't have the ability to dodge or you didn't have the ability to block? So for the original concepts, oh, let me see what I even remember at this point. It's been a while. <laughs> okay, so I think the original concept was you would have blocking, you would have dot would you have yes, you would have dodging, you'd have moving. Um I think the only thing that wasn't there was the uh, the combos. Mm-hmm. I think there was quick attacks and strong attacks, but I didn't plan out the combos. And then I got some feedbacks like, why didn't I do this? Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the biggest things. Um, other than that, there were more minor changes. The very core remained the same. Like mm-hmm. from the very basic, I made like a prototype and it's just been tweaks. It hasn't been so much a redesign in any of the ways. Okay. So it's it's been pretty solid overall. It's like um, just the there's always been the plan. There's been defending like uh, you'd always hold to defend. I think at the start it was like you took damage, kind of similar to how Monster Hunter is, because mm-hmm. you're technically not the tank character. And in the demo, you're just like the uh, great sword wielder. Mm-hmm. So in that, you usually take a little bit of damage. And then we got some feedback. It's like I guess you don't really get to choose from the tank character. So we just made it like a weaker shield, and so it's been. A lot of tweaks rather than any redesigns overall. Okay. And yeah, the combo moves, like, that was a very, like, interesting part about things. Uh, when I played, the thing that was surprising was the fact you could use the combo move to kind of to get across the field like that. And again, like, that's not something we normally see for these kinds of games. Like, for the other characters, and for people listening, how many, I guess, characters or classes are you planning for, like, the full version, or what people will see in the future? So, we have three characters planned out. You'll be able to see them either on our Twitter as we post the concepts for them, or on the uh, Kickstarter itself as we show and uh, discuss them a little bit there. Mm -hmm. But there is an archer. As the agile character, a lot of feedback was, I want to feel faster. I want to feel like more agile. I want to have like instant respond time. So that would be that class. You'll just have weaker defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the great sword wielder, which is in the demo, the uh, Tio. And you'll have the tank character, Coda, who will be more defensive. You'll be able to block for longer amounts and then be able to use that defense that you build up into an offensive attack. Okay. And you'll be able to reflect attacks with well-timed uh, dodge move timing. So you have like a lot of different designs between the characters, too. Okay. And will the other characters, like their special moves, will they also allow them to kind of like move across the field or do things differently like that? Right now, the only one is Tio with his dash attack. Okay. Um, that's where the revisions will probably come in later. As we need to test out, I'm thinking right now neither Coda nor uh, Gurren the Archer will have uh, movement abilities mm-hmm. rather than just their own set of style. Okay. All right. And I guess for people curious, will you or do you have any plans for more characters like going for like if the game does well or will it stick with like these three archetypes? So one of our stretch goals may or may not be <laughs> a fourth character that I'm really hoping we get to work on because that one is something I'm pretty excited about. So if we even if we don't hit it, 
and we do well in the end run, I'm definitely going to build it out. Like, um, as long as we can keep working on it, I'm going to keep building some cool stuff for it. Great. Now, one thing I wanted to touch on that we haven't uh, spent too much time with yet is the art style for the game. It has almost like a, it doesn't have like that drawn, almost like a war, I'm looking at some of like the concept art, has almost like a watercolor kind of like look to it. I guess, where did the arts uh, for Bound by Blades come from? So the artist is, let me just say, the most amazing person I met. He joined the team over a year ago. Like, um, man, if you saw some of the images before the art came in, they were they were like the temp assets, like all prototype. <laughs> it was terrible. I don't even know how this guy. Uh, if you want to check him out, his name is Lam Giong. But he is seriously amazing beyond all belief. So his view site and his inspiration comes from like, the old school games like Chrono, mm-hmm. Zelda series, all the old RPGs and that kind of stuff. So it gives more of that colorful, vibrant feel to it. And he even creates like a lot of the uh, story element in the characters and the the designs, for, like the little creatures, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so he brings a lot more than just like make like, oh, do this, do that. It's none of my teammates do that. Like the whole team is all working together like everybody has their own thing they bring mm-hmm. and yeah like the art definitely gives it like that different look and i think th- again like this could be safe for our mobile discussion or for the market one but we've definitely seen when it comes to a lot of the games like you really need to have like a strong style or strong aesthetic to really stand out especially and again like with your experience in the mobile market like you've seen the vast number of clones who have aped a game's aesthetic and it becomes that much harder for your own game to stand out. Yep. You have to have your own style and you have to, if you want to become big, you have to be able to bring something unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's always a chance you can just get lucky, but if you go like your own path, you have so much of a different market that you aren't really competing that much. Like mm-hmm. you release your game, people play. And it's like, this isn't like other games. They, they start talking about it. Mm-hmm. it. It gives it its own background. Like um, even beyond uh, mobile, we've had, like we put our game on steam for a coming soon page about a year ago. Mm-hmm. We've, we don't even have a trailer on there, but we have over 10,000 lists from that mm-hmm. alone. Like um, just some gifs, like uh, it's, there's lots of interest from just like images, gifs, like, uh, we don't even have, like, uh, anything huge to show off for that. People just see it, and they, they like it. They want to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, one thing that I really like in terms of, kind of, like, the touch of the animation was when the Scarecrow kind of pops out during, like, the first, quote, the first actual boss fight itself. And I thought that looked really well done. I guess, to follow up from that... What was kind of like the inspiration or design sense for the monsters that are in the game now? So a lot of the art, the design comes from not trying to do anything similar to what you see in other games. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't want to go Monster Hunter where you have like dragons, pretty <laughs> much all your bosses. Yes. Or different concepts of what a dragon is, like other games do. But instead I wanted like my own fantasy creatures for the dummy Gallo. My my design was I really want the training dummy to come to life to show that a little bit of the lore behind the world is that the creatures aren't exactly just like normal things roaming in the world. There's something wrong with them. 
So it's, that was like the concept behind Gallo. So there's a lot of different things like uh, to bring each boss like something unique. Mm-hmm. For Skalico, that was more like a throwback to like the uh, the jelly blob type of bosses in most RPGs. Mm-hmm. Then there is uh, Midix. That one is personally my favorite design. Maybe not visually, but for the overall game concepts for him. Mm-hmm. That that made me the happiest by making him like a, a several part boss. Mm-hmm. By having his eyes and his body as two separate pieces. And you get a whole bunch of like different features by killing the eyes or focusing on the body. So you get like different... It's all about creating new things. Like... Yeah. I've seen so many bosses so many times. I just want <laughs> new stuff. Like, I have to have new stuff. It, it kills me. It's like, I, I don't want anything clony. Mm-hmm. It, that's, that's just my whole take with it. <laughs> yeah, and the three bosses in the demo that I play, again, like, they are visual, visually and design-wise completely distinct from one another. In terms of, I guess, balance or, like, the philosophy there, like, how far, like, do you feel like you want to go in terms of designing bosses? Because again, we've well, again like between the two of us, I'm sure for the audience listening, we have played just about like every kind of boss fight imaginable in an action-based game at this point. Yep. So the bosses will. The reason we have like the challenge, the X versions inside mm-hmm. the demo was to show what the tougher bosses will be like. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the um, core concept to show off to the players, like oh, cool, the first three bosses are like, oh, that's cool, that's just how the game works. But it's kind of boring. It's boring to me. It's like, yeah, I had to like really dumb them down to make them simple and very easy so players that are new to it could understand and get the concept. And then it's like, okay, n- now you're fighting my bosses. Here's the X bosses. <laughs> take, take them on. So yeah. each one is like, um, that's how we'll do like the story. So it's like the prologue will be like releasing each of the bosses, like nice, easy versions. And then you'll fight the endgame system where you're just jumping in hardcore like these bosses change all their moves everything changes mm-hmm. about them so it gives a whole bunch of different actions like they're like you're saying like the fireball is now split rather mm-hmm. than just shoot directly at you so that was like the whole concept is like um without having to create like a crazy budget to create like 30 unique absolutely mm-hmm. different bosses instead i just put most of the weight on myself and mm-hmm. varied their attacks through what their animations already are Mm-hmm. So I guess the limit is about two, two to three of the total variations per boss, as we're aiming for about twenty to thirty bosses in the end game. Okay, and then we'll have like increased stats otherwise, like um, because you'll be able to increase difficulty levels, you'll be able to keep going further. Mm-hmm. Most of them will be like just like uh, harder, faster, a little bit differences like that. Okay, and uh, to clarify for people listening, so I was looking at the Kickstarter page. So when you say like twenty different bosses, do you mean twenty like unique enemies, or just the t- the ten bosses and then having the variants on top of them? It'll be the ten unique designs okay. and then the variants on top. Okay, gotcha. The, because of like all the smooth animations, the cost mm-hmm. the costs get yeah. overwhelming. The only way we can actually develop the game to keep the cost low enough that we reuse as much as we can but Mm -hmm. keep it unique in the way that you play the game yeah and again that is definitely smart thinking when it comes to these kinds of designs because for the people listening to us right now we have certainly seen many games get a little bit too much in the weeds when it comes to their budget on one second sorry voice had to cut out there let me uh (laughs) do that again three two one 
Yeah, and again, like, that's very smart thing in terms of managing the budget of the game. Because we've seen many titles just get overwhelmed by the sheer amount of content generation needed to keep things going. You know, every enemy having their own unique aesthetic, their own animation, sounds, you name it. And that can, and especially when we talk about games with unique art as well. Again, like a lot of my audience, especially those who are on the developer side, can, or development side, can certainly attest to how much things can easily balloon when you try to add all this together. Absolutely. There's there's so much depth. If you were to choose, like um, at the beginning, we were choosing how to do animations mm -hmm. uh, through uh, sprite-based. So you'd have frame-based, so every single frame would be unique. This mm -hmm. limits you endlessly. You like All those games look beautiful, but you are so limited by how much you can vary the yep. characters, the bosses. You can't swap gear without redrawing the whole animations. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it went into, like, a, for us, we chose Spine, which is like a high-quality um, skeleton-based. Mm -hmm. So it's more like um, you can swap out body parts, different characters. We'll have, be able to use, like, the same body structure, have a, have a whole bunch of unique armor sets and weapons, and each character will be able to swap in with those gear and you'll see each one like uh, you'll we'll be able to bring more customization without having to have a crazy budget or a crazy timeline to mm -hmm. budget it out yeah. along with um, for bosses like um, right now the challenge bosses they're visually the same but in the end version we're actually going to at least change the art style for them mm -hmm. so you'll see Gala, but he'll have like different eyes and different like uh, color variations little uh, more thorns, different like style to him altogether. So you'll still differentiate him. If we were frame based, we would have been extremely limited and only been able to do one single format for him. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I noticed during the play that all the gear that's in the game, that it actually shows up or it kind of appears on the character models themselves. Yep, it's a big thing in. RPGs to show off your character, your yep. progression. It's hugely important. Like, um, it's not just the gear, but the weapons. Everything has like a different art style, a different style altogether for it. There are limitations to how crazy we can get. There's like, yeah. um, we can only f fit in like the same original mesh form, but we can create whatever we want within that form. Mm -hmm. So it gives you still a lot of depth and. By having like the same character, like a uh, body structure, we can go really crazy on like the unique armor sets rather than having to create 30 different armor sets and mm -hmm. split them amongst each character. It gives you a lot yeah. to work with. Mm -hmm. And again, it's all about trying to balance, you know, how much you want to give the player with regard to how much feasibly you're able to design, especially within the budget and scope for the game. Absolutely. For us, like um, for me personally, I like depth. Like yeah. um, I like you can choose vis visual over depth, but your game is going to be much more limited in how long it is, how much customization you have. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'll look beautiful overall, but like for us, having high quality animation through the spine, we have great visuals still, but with all of the control of customization that we want to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking about that customization, I definitely want to touch on the actual crafting and persistent element 
of Bound by Blades. Again, for the people listening to us right now, my spotlight of the demo should be up on the channel. I'll include a link to it somewhere in the description um, or on the uh, uh, on the website as well as on YouTube. But when it comes to kind of creating or upgrading your characters, for the people listening, can you go into a little bit more detail about kind of how does your character grow in power? So everything for us is the, in terms of gear, is the same as Monster Hunter with a little bit of differences. Mm -hmm. So gear is largely the same. Like um, you kill a boss, you get some materials from that boss, like pieces of him, his eye, like uh, scales from him. And then you go to the blacksmith and you're able to craft a new piece. Whether you have the materials or not is up to if you've killed enough of him or not. So you can go and harvest more for some replay. But it shouldn't be too grindy. The main focus is to be able to get new pieces of gear. And each piece of gear that you craft will be based on the boss that you killed. So you'll have a full armor set for something like Midic, so it'll be more scaled, have his have like the eye or the tongue on the mm -hmm. armor. So it gives you a lot more like um I, I slayed this boss. I, I mastered this guy. Now I wear him around me. <laughs> So and that's it's something I love. And that's the Monster Hunter feedback loop right there. Right there. Yep. I kill him, and now I wear his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and the only the unique style we have, for now we have Ruins, which is our difference from the Monster Hunter series. Mm -hmm. So for Monster Hunter, you have amulets, which is like limited bonuses. You get like, oh, you attack faster or something. But for us... It's like a lot more difference. Like you, this is how you'll customize your actual play style. Mm -hmm. So you'll be in the demo. We only let you use one ruin as we only have three craftable. But in the end game, we'll have three equipment slots for ruins and okay. a whole bunch to choose from. This lets you go for haste ruins, which increase your speed. You'll have defensive ruins like mirror ruin, which when you're blocking has a chance to reflect attacks back. So you'll have a whole bunch of different ruins to actually increase like uh, how you play. If you're playing the tank class, maybe you want to go for more damage because you're already tanky. Yep. Or maybe you want to defend more outright and you won't be able to reflect while you're blocking. So you have like more buildup for mm -hmm. the defensive side. So we, we also have that element, which is a little bit different because a lot of our feedback was also for how do I customize the play style? How do I like, mm -hmm. do I get skills or anything? And because we were kind of keeping it straight to um, more about like the weapon, so more like Monster Hunter, where you don't really have like skill sets, yep. you're more like um, you're more limited to what your weapon is. So we wanted to give like uh, different styles within your limit set. Mm -hmm. And again, like this is all about that level of customization, because one of the issues or one of the challenges of any kind of ARPG is just how much depth is there in terms of weapon design and oh my goodness this is a, a two-hour discussion especially as somebody like myself i've played diablo 3 and grim dawn more than i can count at this point and even within like the rpg design like and i've said this before for people listen that it's not just about scale you know i have a small sword now i have a larger sword now I have a large, even larger sword, and it's just the same exact thing. But as you said, with something like Monster Hunter especially, each weapon type is, is, in essence, its own class. How you use the giant spear is different than the giant hammer, 
or the twin blades or whatever like the gun or crossbow style weapon. And then we dr- drill things down further in terms of how you customize them. You know, do I want my crossbow to shoot a little faster? Do I want my shield to maybe uh, do have less defense but could reflect damage back and etc. And when we get to that level, it really gets almost an endless amount of variety you can put into it. Exactly. It's a lot of depth for rather simple yep. choices. Mm-hmm. Like um, all your equipping is like a little ruin, but that little ruin is going to actually help you. Are you going to be able to escape the attack in time? Or are you going to be blasted because you don't have a haste ruin on? Yep. So you have a lot more choices. And one of the things we want to do with our ruins is to actually let um, newer players be able to play the end game content as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have ruins that help the players as well. So in the demo, we even have the auto dodge rune. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what it's called in the demo, but what it does is every five seconds right now, it lets you dodge an ability that you would have got hit by. So mm-hmm. having for a new newer player, if you want to play co-op with your friend and you want to play in some hardcore like difficulties, you're going to be like, oh, but my friend isn't very good. And you can like help him get set up with like a armor sets and the ruin sets that actually build up his defensive abilities that just help him live longer and so he won't be like a hassle for you to keep Mm. up and help with but he'll be able to hold his own while you're doing more damage with your more offensive build yeah and to clarify for people listening uh, the multiplayer for bound by blades is it going to be two player or any more than that it is limited to two-player cooperative. And is that, and I know this is very important for people listening, is it synchronous or asynchronous? It is not synchronized. So it is okay. synchronized from the attacks only. So we've actually had, this is actually a pretty cool thing. Um, when I was talking, I think it was about a month ago, I think, this one guy, this programmer, Fioris, he joined the Discord, and he was a programmer. He's like, hey, what do you do for this? Oh, you want to do multiplayer? How are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. And I talked with him a bunch, and what he did was he built a prototype of Bound by Blades <laughs> after playing it and loving it. He built a prototype and built multiplayer into it. Nice. And he showed me how the multiplayer could work. And I was like, oh, he's like, oh, how should this work? And I was like, oh, you should do this and this. And we actually built a fully little multiplayer demo based on the Photon networking. It was like the coolest thing. So it's like um, the only thing that's synchronized is the boss attacks. So what this does is that each time that you actually shoot an attack, the boss throws an attack out. You both see the attack nearly at the same time as it is. um, Photon is more player hosted. Okay. So you'll see like a slight delay if you're on like longer servers. Like um, he was in Germany. I'm over in California and it was beautiful. So the whole design decision for not having it fully synchronized or server hosted is that if you get disconnected you can still play offline okay so we also want to add ai as like a secondary option if you're offline or if you're playing solo you can bring those in and for multiplayer if you get disconnected you lag out or your friend lags out their character will stay playing with you as ai for that boss fight you're not going to be solo stuck in there so there's there's a lot more depth and Again, back to, I wasn't finished with the uh, synchronized part, but for not synchronizing, it means that the just the boss attacks start together, so you'll not see lag. Like, that's the biggest mm. thing we wanted to avoid, was saying, oh, 
the his character is lagging out. It's kind of like getting choppy, mm-hmm. freezing, jumping all around. Yeah. Or the fireball attack just like blinked from where oh, the boss yeah. attacked and it just hit me. It's like that's not fair. It's like that it's it, it's not a it's not good unless you're like sneaked um on a server. Else you're dealing with like a lot of lag and that doesn't feel great. But having it like um separate, it lets you play your own little game at nearly the same timing as your friend. You'll still see the same attacks, but you'll see like um your character move and his character move flawless. So it, it brings a lot more control without having like the visual bugs of it. That definitely sounds fascinating. And I can tell you that if we were doing this uh, chat like online right now, a few of my developer contacts would probably be asking a whole lot of questions about <laughs> that. And it definitely sounds like a very big improvement or just a very big addition of something like this. And uh, one question from a gameplay perspective. Does the game scale based on like whether you're playing it solo, AI, or two players? Uh, yes, there will have to be scaling. I have to defi- define how exactly the scaling works. I know how Monster Hunter works. Mm-hmm. They do about 300% for four-player co-op, and that reduces down for each less player you have, and of course, 100% for yourself. Mm-hmm. So they do have their own little system for it. So our definition for having AI or multiplayer should be pretty close, but it does depend on how strong we want our ai to be mm-hmm. so it comes down to like a refinement and redesigns throughout reiteration rather than having like the perfect goal right now mm-hmm. yeah and like getting things like just right along those lines is very challenging to do especially when you're trying to balance things around like the various enemies and just the skill that's going to go into it and i like that's i think a very important interesting question right there because as we've been talking for like the past uh, we're almost at an hour it feels like we just got started <laughs> here like we've been discussing about this idea of an elevated take on this kind of mobile design and when a lot of people hear the word like elevated like that it usually again gets a uh, construed or it gets conflated with difficulty you know you're making the quote-unquote hardcore mobile uh, monster hunter style game it like in terms of like your overall approach for bound by blades and i think you've kind of answered this already but to clar- but to elaborate like who like what kind of skill level are you aiming for with this game so i want i have various varying difficulty levels throughout the mm-hmm. game the prologue i want everybody to play pretty decently so it would be like the story mode the uh, normal bosses you fight mm-hmm. in the normal mode of the demo right now where it's more like uh anybody can jump in understand the game play through them and so you'll be able to get through like the light story that we have if you want to just enjoy that and the end game system will be not so much a jump but a slow increase so you push further and further based on how strong you can get so there's a lot more replayability and grinding if you need to um, for the end game difficulty, I'd say mid core is probably about the best I could say, mm-hmm. because I don't want to limit straight to hardcore. Although the hardcore players will be able to definitely go higher than mid core, but it should be pretty solid for players for mid core and everybody around it to jump in and play through a good section, like a good amount of the game before they feel like 
they've reached gap because we're going to have so much grinding, upgrading your gear so you can actually feel stronger mm-hmm. and then go back into that same difficulty level and go kick some ass. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of like um, openness to like uh, the ruins, like I mentioned before, so you can jump in as a newer player, even to the harder stuff and do pretty well. But as monsters get harder and harder, of course, it's going to get a little bit more limited. Mm-hmm. But that's that's where it goes. It's like... um. It will reach like a very hardcore at the very end, but you're going to have to keep playing to reach that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I wanted to touch on, in terms of like the overall length of these battles, like again, going back to the Monster Hunter comparison, some of those maps can take like 10, 15 minutes, at least when I played. I'm sure for the, the latest one, there would be uh, battles that can take like 20, 30 minutes. For Bound by Blades, like what is like the average, I guess, play session? for like dealing with a boss so the end game system will be a little bit different than how it is now for right now the bosses are the early ones are probably about two minutes each then there's like the challenge bosses which are closer to like three to five minutes mm-hmm. um it depends on how fast you can kill if you can kill fast you have good gear you'll kill more around two minutes but the end game system is where it varies more because it's the slay the spire map which it means it's like a dungeon. So you're yeah. fighting multiple bosses in a row to reach like the end of this dungeon rather than just one singular boss. And in that dungeon, you're going to be limited to the same three lives. So you're going to be having to play through this with just the amount of potions you have from the start of it and go through like several bosses. So it'll be about 30 minutes I'd like to aim for for like the end game run. Um, for the harder difficulty, I'm sure it's going to take a little bit longer as they're going to have more health to fight through as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important, like in terms of getting like the feel of the game right, because for a lot of games, not just from the mobile side, but in general, it's better to have, I think, a very short but very entertaining gameplay loop than again saying you need to play this for 50 minutes at a time, or you know, at any point you lose the whole thing. Yeah, so that's that's definitely one of the negatives. Like um, for online, you'll definitely you'll have to split apart if you had a partner going into the map for the dungeon. But you'll of course be able to take a break in between. Mm-hmm. So that's the nice part. But you are going to be limited to completing that dungeon when you can. So we'll be able to save in between. As especially it's going to be a mobile game. If you only got five minutes, you got time for like one of the bosses yep. that day. So you'll be able to beat them, save close your game you'll have the progress in the map for the next time you log in yep and that again is very important a very handy feature for stuff like slay the spire ftl any kind of long form game like that that it may take 40 minutes an hour to go through an entire map but i can do that in three to five minute chunks exactly now, with that said, I'm trying to think if there's anything gameplay-related-wise I want to touch on. If not, we'll move on to talking more about the Kickstarter. I guess, uh, for you, any other aspects of the ga- uh, game design or gameplay-related that we didn't talk about that you want to touch on? I think we have talked about the majority. Like um, The questions you've had have been great, so I think <laughs> I'm good with the game overall. All right. Um... I guess this may actually be a good lead into talking about the Kickstarter. For people interested in playing Bound by Blades, like, what do you feel like right now is like going to be like the overall like playthrough in terms of time of going through the game? Or at least just going through like the basics, if you guys have plans for post-content or additional stuff down the line. That is where it gets 
difficult. Mm -hmm. So the prologue, the story base, will only be a few hours. The story will be closer to something you see in like the earlier Monster Hunter series, where you have some dialogue, like a small, like um, simple cinematic, like uh, probably something closer to like Shovel Knight, where it's just like image based. But that'll be the simpler part. So you'll have a few hours to beat like the story and under understand the lore of the game. Mm -hmm. And then that's where the end game system comes in and the replayability kicks to like the next notch. Okay. So the end game I am expecting, I'm aiming for at least 20 hours. I do not know how long for how much replayability will go on, but we have such a crazy amount of features into the end game system. We're going to add in like an enchantress to help further customize your gear by adding little buffs on it. We're going to create like um randomized gear stats on your gear along with set bonuses. So it goes so much further in depth from what the demo is now that it's it's going to have a lot of replayability in the end run. All right, great. So all that definitely sounds great. I think with that, uh, let's segue in talking a little bit more about the Kickstarter. Again, for people listening to us right now, the Kickstarter should be going on. I'll create a link to it in the description down below or on the podcast notes on GameWisdom.com. So uh, with that said, I have a few general questions for you regarding it. So the first one is one I always like to ask. How long have you been kind of preparing the Kickstarter for Bound by Blades? It's been, say, over a year now that we've been preparing for. Like, we've known we want to hit Kickstarter. From the very beginning, like, okay. the plan was to go for Kickstarter. Okay. So before even, I guess, after I started on the prototype, and whereas, like, okay, I want to start building this out more. It's like, all right, I understand. Start working with team members. Like, all right, now I understand costs more. It's like, I understand how much time it takes. So I understand so much of the process through it. I have a good idea on the budget, good idea on the, the time, good idea on how much time my teammates need for each section of what they'll need to do. So it gives a lot of depth. And so like the, uh, whew, it's been, let's say, we initially planned for April for our Kickstarter. I don't think we ever announced that. We announced like coming soon to Kickstarter. And from like, um, I think back in September or October, that was like what we were planning for. And then as we reach closer, like a few months away, we're like, all right, the demo still needs like this mm -hmm. and this, and it needs a lot more polish. Like our whole focus was demo based. Like, um, mm -hmm. like it's, it's very much, oh, if you, if you want to see what the game is like, you don't have to guess what it's like. You can play the demo, get a good feel of what it is. And you'll be able to understand before you have to play. So that's like what we wanted to give. It's like a whole model behind us is like, we want to show you we're capable of this. We have experience. We're all professionals. We're, we're here because we trust ourselves. We believe that we have a product, like a game that you'll want to play. And again, that is very important to talk about. Like when we look at a lot of these Kickstarter related projects, that there are some people who just start things, you know, two to three weeks and then they go right to Kickstarter. And one of the things that we have certainly seen this past decade is that people expect a lot more out of your Kickstarter or out what you're offering them before they'll even agree to give you money, especially how many times people have been burned by Kickstarters this past decade. Yep, it's even as time goes, it gets harder and harder on Kickstarter. There's a yeah. lot of negative sides right now. Yep. Um, there's not only like funding is less and less on video games, 
but there's also like the small topics like Epic Games buying exclusivity, mm-hmm. which it really hurts Kickstarter projects because then you don't know who you can trust. Mm-hmm. So there's small factors that we have to build into our Kickstarter on purpose, like um, mentioning that we're on Steam and the selling mm-hmm. the key is for a Steam key because that makes us liable mm-hmm. that we deliver the Steam key. Yep. If you don't mention that, like I've, I've been reading posts about like, oh, it's on Epic Games, like, but you promised Steam Key is like, no, we didn't. It's not in the text right here. It's like, oh. And then everybody's like, that's mm-hmm. awful. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Oh, yes. And when we have our next discussion, I think there's going to be a whole lot of just topics around that <laughs> one right there. Yep. Uh, uh, one thing that I didn't ask, I just want to clarify for people listening. How long have you actually been working on Bound by Blades, like, total? So... It actually started, I started learning programming two years ago in September. Okay. Um, what What is the date today? 17th? Uh, I started, 18th, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's 18th. So I started on the 19th, I believe, of <laughs> September two years ago. And so it's it's been like a crazy journey. Like um, a lot of like the first year was understanding, like learning, because I, I had a whole bunch of direction side, design side. I had nothing in a program. I had to learn that from scratch using unity it was like a lot of tutorials yep all of this learning and then building the team like how do i work with outsourced people like uh getting to like do i want to keep working with this person then we have issues you have to understand who your team members are who the people you want to work with is like um that's that is probably that's probably my favorite part of the whole game is the team we've ended up working with like i've like decided like oh i love working with this guy i want to keep working with him so i'm like not only are they, like, they're not like contractors. I don't consider anyone we work with a contractor or anything like that. Everyone's a team member. Like I give them the freedom. They they deliver awesome stuff. They love the project, the game. It, it's it's an amazing thing altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, like these are all topics I can segue into thirty minute to an hour long <laughs> yeah. conversations. But yeah, like again. There's a lot that goes into making a game, let alone a successful game these days, that I think a lot of first-time people don't necessarily learn or they're not even made aware of when it comes to building their title. And as, as you said at the start, like you've been doing, you've been in the mobile industry for the past, I think you said, seven years. So you've had a chance to see kind of like all sides of things, of how things can go right and how they can also go wrong. Absolutely. You... Like for anyone doing their first game, this would be we w- we wouldn't have been able to like been where we are if this was like the first game I worked on. None of us is this our first game. We're all like uh, experienced veterans, so it it helps us immensely. Mm-hmm. Like so so much. Like the amount of learning and stress and the business related stuff, the marketing, the social, it, mm-hmm. it's all new stuff to me. Like all of that side. But the design, the development, that's so much easier for me to take in because I, yeah. I have experience there. Mm-hmm. We have a team with experience there. So it's it gives us such a good boost that like that's why we focus on the demo first, is that this is something we can deliver. This is something we can show off. This is something mm-hmm. we can bring. So that gives us so much more strength. Like um I do I try to give feedback for anyone who's new. Like um you have like your first time, your first game, it's like you're going to have to really, really focus on getting feedback. Like, um, mm-hmm. even for me, I have experience in many years of mobile games, but the people who gave feedback, like through joining our Discord and just talking about the game, like, hey, I, I want to try your game. I was like, all right, sure. 
and they're like oh i don't really like this but i love this it's like oh okay what do you mm-hmm. what should i uh, think about it's like oh and then like someone's like oh, i want like more npcs i want dialogue i want story i want it's like why didn't i think about this this is amazing mm-hmm. I, I spent i probably had like the i probably had the core demo in about one year like um mm. three basic bosses the gameplay the crafting but it was all in like prototype awful states mm-hmm. like um bug free I, I worked on everything to be pretty clean so you want to crash or have any weird bugs but the thing that really got to me was the feedback it's like people are amazing if like the game would not be as good as it is without feedback oh yes i i cannot say i cannot stress enough like in our other mobile games we didn't really have like players testing we were in a studio we had a mm-hmm. publisher they have like one pre- play test session and that was it the we, instead for us we've been having like people join in try the demo early all the time it's it's crazy how good people are like they mm-hmm. they give you feedback just like what they hate or what they like are you able to improve They're like oh yeah that makes sense like um at like a different control scheme where we had like a virtual cursor as like oh yeah we have a controller scheme it's like yeah i don't like this i was like you know what me neither i'm gonna i'm gonna work on that mm-hmm. and i work on it for like a week and have a new scheme and then people enjoy it so it gives you so much, so much strength. Like without players, you're you're nothing. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's like getting your game or even just a demo to the point where it feels like a great game. I mean, that in of itself is a massive hurdle, and it's something that for uh, my regulars listening to this right now, it's something that I've said before that if you can deliver like minute one. You know, your game at its best point, people are enjoying it at that stage, then you know you have something there. I've said this about Slay the Spire, Dead Cells, and a few other games, that you don't want someone to spend three hours before they go, oh, now I get it, or this is fun. (laughs) No, you want that as early and as quickly as possible. And again, like this is one of those things that for people who don't understand game design, it doesn't sound that much of a deal to them. But... This is very important for any title to get people invested in it as quickly as possible. Absolutely. The the player feedback, the having them jump in, be able to get feedback like within a few minutes of playing, like, dude, I, I love this design. Mm-hmm. I, like the mobile players that join, like, this will be game of the year. Like that's mm-hmm. that's like kind of feedback we get from like the mobile mm-hmm. players, because it's like they're they're so starved for good games. Like yeah. um they're they're playing free to play games and they're like oh please don't have, I, I think we've even had a person like oh, I know it's premium it's okay if you have to add the in app purchase <laughs> like no we're not doing that and they're like so happy when they when I tell them that they're like dude I love this game please just make it yeah. it, it it's such a good feeling like um mm-hmm. when when you have something people like even when even earlier when the player the demo was like more questionable it's like it's still at the core. But it was still clunky and it needed a lot of polish. And people were like, oh, yeah, I, I like it, but this could be improved. It's like, yeah. it's not negative. Even if they say they don't like it, like um, when the PC players play, they're like, oh, this feels too much like a mobile game. It's like, I don't feel hurt by that. It's like, I'm, it's like I know. It, yeah. it, I mean, it originally was, and I understand your feedback. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can't really fix that, so I, I can't do anything for you. But that's just how that is. Like, yeah. It's good. It's still good feedback. It's like, okay, I understand that some players will feel that way, and that's great. And it is very important. Again, playback. There's another two-hour topic, but like, it's very important from a design standpoint 
to be able to take both good and negative feedback because you need to understand what people are saying about your game. And as you were saying a few minutes ago, Justin, like the version of Bound by Blades where it is now or what's going to be available when the Kickstarter launches is going to be a massively different game if you didn't have that feedback from as early in the design process as possible. Absolutely. The feedback has it's truly like helped us so much. Yeah. It is I truly believe in the project, like and having the people give that feedback. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. It's the same thing for me with the work I do with Game Wisdom. Even though for the people listening, a lot of my feedback gets also cut with a witty remarks and jokes <laughs> at my expense. But and the but it's important to have people who are supportive of your work and being and wanting to see you succeed. Absolutely, people like the that was like our whole concept behind the game. It's like we're making the game for them, so why should they not be part of the process? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, getting back to some of the stuff on the Kickstarter, I guess for people listening to this right now who haven't looked at the Kickstarter yet, uh, what are some like the more interesting things that you're like promising in terms of, I guess, pledge levels or rewards? So some of the cool rewards, the, the further tiers are actually some of the coolest ones. Mm-hmm. So the craziest thing we have is the boss tier. We only have one of those as we only create 10 unique bosses. You'll be designing one unique boss. Okay. This is not like it's three grand. So this it's a big jump. But mm-hmm. what it is, is more than three grand of work. Yeah. It pays for the crazy animations. It's the crazy designs, the attacks, the VFX. It goes into all of the work based on your unique design. And further than that, we have to create the variations That's based on that say. original design. So it's not only like um, you can't like uh, just throw out, oh, I want to do like all of this. I have to explain like there are like these limitations to what how much we can do. And the spine animations only don't let you do like 3D, like uh, <laughs> full rotations and stuff. But you can hide things behind the effects and do more tricky things in an open way. Mm-hmm. So that's like uh, some of the cool things. It's like you're creating not only like one boss, you're creating something that spawns more from that. Mm-hmm. And again, like you just said, with the different variants, so it, it might as well be like two or three different bosses that you're getting. Exactly. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a ton of work we put into every single one of them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's not only like a piece of like something we're trying to get like a pledge for. It's something we're truly giving to the backer. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And uh, one, I guess, like, slight tangent, but it's one thing I was curious about. As you said, you're aiming for this to be Switch, mobile, as, I'm sorry, Steam, mobile, and then Nintendo Switch. I guess, right. what was the reason, or, like, uh, why, what kind of, like, made you want to bring it to the Nintendo Switch? Uh, demand. Players, Okay. like, um, out of any console, it's always one, is going to be on Switch? That's going to be cool on Switch. Okay. It's like, I, I hear you, and then... I wasn't I wasn't ready to commit, and then the anime is like, "Oh man, if this was on Switch, I would be so interested." I was like, "All right, <laughs> I'll promise Switch." So I even mentioned in the uh, comment form, it's like, "Our our animator and Switch advocate." <laughs> so he he is the reason everybody gets the uh, Switch promise. So that that is like um that'll be worked on after the launch of the game to make sure we can launch on time mm-hmm. for the players, as we already have like a good set schedule. But the Switch will be just a few months after. 
Okay. Do you see it or envision Bound by Blade to be on the other consoles, you know, PS4, Xbox One, etc.? It depends on how much demand okay. and how well our game does. So we okay. have to see the launch first and see if there's enough demand. Like, um, the biggest thing for us is we're, we're here for the players. Like, if you want something, speak to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I guess regarding the Kickstarter itself, I'm trying to think if there's any other questions as I'm thumbing through it. I guess for you, Justin, anything else you want to mention regarding the Kickstarter? Hmm. I guess the one thing is the goal. Mm-hmm. So the the crazy thing about Kickstarters, like we were mentioning before, is that they're difficult to fund. Mm-hmm. The, the crazy thing is that you cannot get the actual amount of money you need to develop a video game. Like it's not enough like um going into this i've spent about 20 grand like basically most of my savings mm-hmm. reaching the kickstarter for the trailer all the team members like making sure we're funded have planned everything out for it mm-hmm. and so it's like um not only a huge investment to reach this goal but the goal itself is like something that i had to work with all of the team members to mm-hmm. actually work with me to lower their cost and take like part rev share as well because the goals are like crazy to go for Mm-hmm. Um, like what we need to actually fund, like the team would be more closer to like 50 to 60 K, but we only asked for 30 K because every single one of the team members is willing to be like, I want to see this game complete. I like this game. And they all like sacrifice, like parts themselves mm-hmm. as people who just joined me mid journey on this game. Like they were even in on the original, idea. like, Oh, mm-hmm. I, I worked on the game for a little bit and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed working with you. I like the team. And they're like, all right, I, I believe in you. But yep. let's go in together. It's it's that was like such a great feeling that people are willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. And again, like as we've kind of like kind of like the mission statement for this cast, like this is not aimed as, you know, being a cash grab or, you know, being a lesser tier game, you know, something that's going to be fire and forget. Like, you guys are committed in doing this for the long run or to get this game out. And more importantly, that you want to make a high quality game that can be as experienced on the mobile side as it can be on the PC and Switch. Absolutely. We're our whole goal, like, um, I don't have a studio yet, but I really, really want to build my whole reputation on just being reputable, being mm-hmm. respectful, being something yep. for the players. Because like 90, oh, 99% of the companies are like, I want money. Mm-hmm. And that's all you see. It's It, it feels so awful. Like um, I just avoid people who do that. Like, yep. So that's that's like our whole thing. It's like um, we're putting like for me, myself, I'll, I'll be working on this game for a total of five years. That'll be three years after the Kickstarter to mm-hmm. complete it. And that's full time. Like that's not just the five days out of a week, the eight hour days. It's literally every single day for about ten hours. It's mm-hmm. it's really like everything, but it, it's it means so much just to me to work on it. Yep. It's it's been like a complete change in my life, but it's it's the most inspirational thing I've ever done. It feels great. And the idea that I can give players something that they can love after all those terrible games I worked on, it's its the best feeling. Mm-hmm. It is the best. 
And so I think that is the perfect uh, sentiment to end the cast on, at least for now. Like we say, I definitely want to have a follow-up cast with you, Justin, about kind of the state of the mobile industry and microtransactions. And that one will probably, I can see that one going at least two to three hours easily, I think, (laughs) with what we've said. But it has been a fantastic time hanging out with you tonight. Like uh, we said at the start, we are recording this a week before the Kickstarter, so... I have no idea how things are going right now, but I definitely want to wish you guys the best of luck with getting to your goal. Um, I played the demo, and yeah, like at, when I first started playing it, I could see like the mobile trappings, and I thought, oh no, this is going to turn like one of those other mobile games. <laughs> but by the end of it, I was definitely seeing that potential there, and especially what the things that we've discussed over this cast. Thank you. It, it means a lot, but... Uh... That we can keep working on it. Like I do hope mm-hmm. that we do well. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, to end the cast on right now, or actually a, a quick wrap up or a quick end question for you, and then we'll wrap it up. But uh, for the people listening, if you do meet your Kickstarter goal, do you have an idea of how long or when the game will be out officially from that point? So our goal is three years of development and having it ready by 2022 and the latest. So it'll be around September as our goal right now. Mm -hmm. But we are hoping to launch a little bit earlier if we can. Okay. And I think with that, do you have anything you want to say to the fans or listeners right now? I just want to say thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys find some awesome projects, if not our own. But Thank you for playing our games. All right. I think that is our great point to end on. So with that said, for people listening, we're going to end this week's cast here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to be a guest, if you're working on your own game or just want to talk design, please don't hesitate to get in touch. If you want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter at GWBicer game-wisdom.com. I'm on Medium and all that other great stuff. Be sure to check out and join our Discord channel. It should be linked. And for you, Justin, for people who want to follow Bound by Blades, what are the best social media ways if you want to plug that? So we're on Twitter as our major one, which is Mm -hmm. just at Bound by Blades, Mm -hmm. on Instagram and Facebook as well. And Discord is probably our biggest. You can search it in the Discord itself for just Bound by Blades and we will join up. All right. So I think that is going to do it. So again, definitely best of luck. For those of you listening, the Kickstarter should be out and about by the time you are listening to this cast. So be sure to check that one out. And yep, Justin, when you are free, if you have any free time during the Kickstarter, we can certainly plan about having that live stream and talk a little more about the mobile side of things. Sounds great. Thank you very much. All right. So with that said, once again, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Receptive Podcast. Tune in next time for another great discussion about the art and design of video games. But until then, take care.